Hey guys, Sunny D here. Thanks for tuning in to the YFYI podcast. The episode that you're about to listen to is from our five-part series covering the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. This is indeed part five, and we're going to be getting into those last couple of principles. There's five leadership principles for creating a legendary customer experience from the book, The New Gold Standard by Joseph Michelli. That's been our source material for our study this week. And it's definitely going to be something that you're going to want to come back, uh, listen to, pick up a copy of the book, read the book. I've learned so much from the book, even going back through it again and just sharing certain parts from it. uh, I've gotten re-inspired just as I'm looking at my company and looking at how we're navigating into this new Corona economy. So I really think you guys will enjoy. Thanks again for tuning in. And now on to the podcast. Oh, look at us go. Good morning. Good morning. How's everybody doing this morning? We are now live, live, live. It's time. You know what time it is. It's time for story time this morning. It's May 15th, guys. May 15th. And this is story time. You're in the exact right place. If you just stumbled in, you just wandered in, you just woke up. We are officially into, what episode are we in? Is this episode 30? Are you serious? This is episode 30 of Storytime. This is episode 30, and we are continuing our study, our brand study, the brand, the business that we're focusing on this week is the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company. So hopefully, as you guys have been following along, you've been uh, learning different things about the company, different things about the brand. I've been reading from the book, The New Gold Standard. The New Gold Standard is by Joseph Michelli. He is an author that I've been following for a long time. Um, Really great material, covers a lot of different companies, uh, a lot of different amazing companies and household name companies that like Zappos, like Mercedes-Benz, like the Ritz-Carlton, like Starbucks, uh, like what else, what else, what else did he cover? The Airbnb way, which he just, that's his most recent book. So all of these different uh, great books. The Ritz-Carlton is our focus this week. The New Gold Standard is our book for story time. And I've been sharing different stories, not only from the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, but also I've been sharing um, stories and ways that I've been inspired by the book, inspired by the writing, inspired by the lessons um, that I've learned as well. So thanks for tuning in for story time. 9 a.m. Monday through Friday is the plan right now. Post-corona, we might switch up the time a little bit. We might shift gears a little bit. But as of right now, it's 9 a.m. Monday through Friday. I'm going to sit down with you for about an hour or so. And right now we're doing a different kind of twist in story time the first you know 24 25 episodes i was reading chapters from my books the yfyi book series which i've got two different books that i was reading from i've got your first year in the beauty industry and then i've also got wait a second And I've also got your first year in salon ownership. So those are two uh, different books that I have in my book series that I was reading from. 
over the first 24, 25 episodes. And then I switched gears and started looking at different brands, different iconic companies, uh, different, uh, different iconic brands that I've been inspired by to come and share with you guys. So if you're just jumping on here, get a little from sunny d oh look at that alexis alexis in the building watch out for alexa alexa stop listening to me echo smart speakers have a microphone off button that oh. all right alexa stop alexa stop alexa stop so yeah that's what's going on with her so echo smart speakers alexa stop jesus um, let's see here. So I'm trying to get our stream going on Twitter. If you're on Instagram, if you're on Facebook, then go ahead and share the stream. Go ahead and share the video. I'm going to post our live broadcast on Twitter. So story time on Twitter. It's kind of like a radio. If you want to listen to the live, you can listen to it on Twitter. You guys remember Periscope? Well, it's kind of like Periscope reincarnated. And you can go on there and listen to uh, the broadcast. And also, if you want to take the podcast on the go or the show on the go, you can go on to the website yfyipodcast.com because while I'm recording all these, I'm also creating the podcast. And this is going to be part five of the study. So this is a five-part series. And we're reading from the New Gold Standard by Joseph Michelli. The New, I'm just got to spell that out as I'm typing it in. Gold Standard. <clears throat> and there's five principles that the book kind of goes through. And those five principles... Um, there's a lot of different lessons in them. And as I've you know, read this book, the first time I read it, it hit me in one kind of way because I was a new, brand new business owner. You know, in 2009 is when I started. And then the second time that I read it, it hit me in a whole new way because I think it's probably like a year, a year and a half later, I decided to read it again. Every time you go back to a piece of work, you know, like this, and this is, a, it's, it's, it's like a, um, an evergreen kind of piece of work. It's gonna be around for a long time. It's gonna stand the test of time. Every time you go back and you study a piece of work, you'll, it'll hit you in new ways. So I encourage everybody, if you guys are, you know, you're reading books, you're going in to go back and revisit, go back and reread, go back and uh, listen again, check it out again, research it again, because all of these companies <clears throat> that I've you know learned about over the years, I go back and I, every time I pick up the book, I hit something like, in a different way, I hit something new that I'm like, I don't remember reading it. So that's been kind of fun for me as I've been going through and um, I've been going through and studying these companies again this second time or third time or fourth time around. Some of the companies we'll be going over from the Ritz-Carlton, we've got Ikea, we've got Walmart, we've got Coca-Cola, we've got McDonald's, we've got the great company Apple, 
Um, so a lot of different companies, I pulled books out of the library that we'll be taking a look at as we go through story time. And we'll spend, you know, one, two, three, four, maybe five um, episodes on a company before we switch gears. So the Ritz-Carlton, um, you know, it's over, and here's a couple things, you know, a couple highlights real quick. It's over a hundred year old company. And I think why that is important and why that's pretty awesome is how many, and I was, you know, we're talking about, you know, different phases of a company. So if you have a career that lasts 20 years and you look at it kind of like sports, you might have that full game. So that first quarter might be the first five years, second quarter, second five years, then you'll have halftime. And then the, um, the third quarter, the next five years after that, the you know fourth quarter, the next five years. So 20 years, how many different things and how many different experiences you'll go through in that period of time and how many different uh, seasons, if you wanna call them seasons that you'll experience in that period of time going through an entire career. Well, this company, the Ritz-Carlton, we're talking over a hundred, it's a hundred plus years. So think about how many different seasons they've been through. Think about how many different economies they've been through. Think about all those things where you may have just started your business and you're kind of, you're, maybe say you started your business this year, right? You started your business in 2020. Maybe you started in January. Then February came, then March came, the coronavirus hits, the pandemic hits, your business goes from sugar to shit in like one second. And that's your beginning of your business. So that's the season that you're in right now. And so then it might be enough to do one of two things. It might be enough to persuade you or break you or convince you that you shouldn't be in business and you're gonna take your toy, pick up your stuff and go home. That's where it might be. Um, it might be enough if you are able to kind of maintain and push through and continue to build and continue to, um, to continue to work through this environment, I think you're gonna find that it's gonna be enough to set you up and almost bulletproof you and so when you're studying a company like the Ritz-Carlton, you're talking about a company that's 100 plus years old. They've been through so many seasons, so many situations, so many ups, so many downs, or just so many lessons that we can learn. Um, so we're gonna get into these next couple of principles. So we've went over, there's five principles that this book is broken down into, and it's five leadership principles for creating a legendary customer experience. And that's really where this the book focuses on, and that's what the author, Joseph Michelli, has a big focus on. It's customer experience, it's leadership. And so the first principle we had went over was define and refine. The second principle, empower uh, through trust. And then we have, now we're getting into Principle three, it's not about you. Uh, principle four, delivering wow. And then principle five, leave a lasting footprint. And so when you think about it's not about you, it's broken down into two parts. Build a business focused on others and then support frontline empathy. Uh, principle four is broken down into two parts. Part one is wow, the ultimate guest experience. And then part two of that principle is turn wow into action. And then we get into leaving, leave a lasting footprint, and that's principle five. So aspire, achieve, and teach. 
sustainability and stewardship, and then the conclusion, a lasting impression. And so when you think about your business and what you're trying to achieve, right? If you're in a service business, I'm in a service business, you know, I have hair salons, and in those hair salons, we're trying to create, you know, incredible experiences for every guest that comes in the door. We're trying to create that at scale, meaning we're trying to do it not just once, but twice, not three, but four, not five, but six, not 10, but 20. We're trying to do it all over the country and eventually all over the globe. You know, we want to have 1.0 salons in every continent, you know, Australia and throughout Europe and Asia. And when we colonize Mars with the help of Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and uh, Richard Branson starting their space projects, we want to have the first 1.0 intergalactic location on whatever, you know, if it's Mars, if it's wherever, whatever planet, or if it's just out there in the orbits. Um, so we are thinking, you know, globally, we are thinking even beyond globally. So that's scaling. That may be for you, that doesn't necessarily have to be. Not every company needs or, you know, should be a global brand. But if you have ambitions and that's something that you're thinking about, then you start studying and that's where a lot of these brands that we are studying, <clears throat> that's where my energy kind of goes into. Now, if you're thinking like a company like Ritz-Carlton, in the beginning, you don't necessarily see that as possible, right? They probably didn't see themselves being 100 plus years old, still being around. But there's a lot of things that you're not gonna see. Like you probably didn't see that the coronavirus was about to hit and turn our economy upside down, shake us up like a snow globe. You probably didn't see that. They didn't see the 1929 maybe stock market crash that hit and shut down 95% of their company. In the beginning phases, in the first you know 20 years of its existence, essentially, I mean, that happened. So there's gonna be a lot of things you don't see and how big it could actually get you know, how big it could get. But if you start studying, you know, take this historian approach, you could learn um, a lot from these companies. And that's kind of the, the mission that I've been on ever since I started our company. So I'm only 10 years in the game. So, I mean, compared to Ritz Carlton, I haven't even started yet, you know, but compared to some companies that started in, in January, you know, maybe I'm, you know, a, a senior, an elder in the game of business. Um, there's all different levels and phases. So as we get into this next principle, um, it's not about you. Um, that's really gonna be kind of focusing in. I'm gonna share my notes as I've been doing about building a business focusing on others. And this first quote from Sir Wilfred T. Grenfell, <clears throat> we're gonna start with. The service we render to others is really the rent we pay for our room on this earth. It is obvious that man is himself a traveler that the purpose of this world is not to have and to hold, but to give and serve. There can be no other meaning. And that was Sir Wilfred T. Grenfell. And so here's the opening. Businesses like Ritz-Carlton that are known for their emphasis on human factors, cultural development, service excellence, and employee empowerment typically fall short when it comes to process-driven quality improvement. However, John Cohen, or Gene Cohen, not sure how they want to pronounce that, 
Vice President and Area General Manager of the Ritz-Carlton, Grand Cayman, observes that consistent quality processes are the reason that Ritz-Carlton enjoys a reputation for employee empowerment and legendary service. Some people may think it is counterintuitive for a company that is so focused on service excellence and the nurturing of the intangible Ritz-Carlton mystique to be equally driven to record and analyze data. However, quality processes are what ensure that the fundamentals of top service delivery are consistently maintained worldwide. If we do not deliver flawlessly in fulfilling the basic service expectations, we deprive ourselves of the opportunity to engage our guests with anticipatory service or create enduring guest memories. Rather than taking a top-down approach to quality in which leaders create processes and impose them on staff, Ritz-Carlton has built their processes largely, largely through inquiry. So starting with a look to the excellence of others, you know, Ritz-Carlton and the way that they're building their business, that's the approach. And you've learned even in when we were talking about, you know, how they even hire, they're not hiring a job, they're hiring, they're going through a selection process. Um, everything that they do, they approach it in just a putting others and putting, like thinking about their guests, thinking about their staff, thinking about their employees before they think about anything else. And that's a, a huge kind of reoccurring theme and a success trait of the company. Uh, let's continue. So Ritz-Carlton submitted its first application for the Malcolm Baldridge Award in 1991. According to John Timmerman, Vice President of Quality and Program Management, the learning we received from this process was extremely rich and it identified significant gaps in our business model. We knew that closing those gaps would help ensure our performance excellence and sustainability. In essence, we looked outside ourselves to elevate our quality processes. To delight, to our delight, in 1992, we won the award. The victory validated all the effort we had made to close those gaps that the Baldridge examiners had identified. It also put us in the position to help other companies model our processes and success. So that Baldridge Award of you know excellence that I was you know sharing with you guys and from an earlier chapter. Um, just applying for that, just trying to achieve that or win that gave the company <clears throat> a lot of insight into all these different things that they could be doing or they may have been missing that they could improve upon. You know, so that's a, a um, kind of a crafty way to find out like where I could make improvements. And it was just through applying for that, that award. Now they have here six steps to quality improvement. So here are six steps I want to touch on. These are for quality improvement. So if you're thinking about, you know, where your where your business is at, what the service looks like, what the um, experience looks like, how can I improve the experience? This is their this is the six steps for quality improvement. Number one, identify and select problem. Identify and select problem. Number two, analyze the problem. Number three, generate potential solutions. Number four, select and plan a solution. Number five, implement a solution. And then number six, evaluate a solution. 
So when you think about when you're trying to process or you're like, oh, I think this might work, you gotta test it, right? You gotta test it. You gotta first look at what the problem is. Make sure you're identifying it, analyzing it, creating potential solutions because there might be more than one way to do something. So when you create it, you have this way, this way, this way, then you make the selection. This is the one. Number four, select and plan. Number five, we implement and then we evaluate. We see if our solution is actually working, is it not working? What do we need to tweak? What do we need to change? And then we can look at where do we go from there? So now we're gonna move into the next phase here. So when Ritz-Carlton studies other businesses, it takes a disciplined and strategic approach and the most common way it mines for best practices of other companies is through multi-day site visits. For example, in 2007, a member of senior leadership at Ritz-Carlton spent three days on site at both Cisco and Corning. These businesses were chosen based on their reputation for driving organizational change and for their expertise concerning innovation, an area identified as one of Ritz-Carlton's key success factors. Those who attended these site visits then brought back their findings and incorporated those results with the observations of others who had done similar innovation benchmarking visits at other companies. As a result, Ritz-Carlton developed a new innovation model that is currently in the process of being deployed across all hotels. Before implementation, Ritz-Carlton evaluates a process under consideration to ensure that it is, number one, part of a systematic approach for achieving the key success factors. Number two, driving employee empowerment and innovation. Number three, embracing product and service benchmarking. Number four, based on research of proven best practices. Number five, transferable to Ritz-Carlton's culture. Number six, effective in creating a culture of innovation. So I found it really cool that Ritz-Carlton, they would send out teams to go research other companies. Because when you're trying to build a company and you're looking at you know, innovation and you're looking at coming up with processes and you're looking at how can I take my business, my company to the next level, you know, and this is, you know, they're doing this not in the beginning, they're doing this after they're seasoned. But they're like looking at their company and they're like, yeah, we need to continue to grow. We need to continue to innovate. We need to continue to change. So they came up with the Ritz-Carlton four-step innovation process. Um, the four parts of the innovation process was one, inspire vision. So that's you know the first kind of tenet. Number two is foster environment. Number three is stimulate ideas. And number four is test ideas. So whether it is Ritz-Carlton executives learning about systems for preventing breakdowns from the manufacturing sector, innovation based on best practices at Cisco or Mattel Corporation, or ideas on how to move service basics to service values from thought architects like Kurt Kaufman, co-author of First Break All the Rules, Ritz-Carlton leaders understand the value of seeking out the best of the best to continually take their business to the highest level possible. And so that speaks a lot to where um, their leadership is at. You know, they're like, we know we don't know everything, so how do we continue to innovate? We need to start looking at how we can go into um, 
our business with fresh eyes all the time. And that's how you, that's how you build an organization that lasts for so many, um, so many years. So this part, I'm gonna share with you some notes here from focusing on those you serve. So like many other businesses, Ritz-Carlton has had a rich tradition of measuring customer satisfaction. Shortly after they began assessing Ritz-Carlton customer satisfaction, Gallup approached executives at Ritz-Carlton about the possibility of shifting their core customer metric to one of engagement. Consistent with their quest for excellence, the leadership of Ritz-Carlton listened to the purported advantages of measuring customer engagement, a better metric of the emotional connection and perceived fit held by a customer toward a business and overall customer loyalty. As opposed to customer satisfaction, which is the measure of the thoughts a customer has toward the business's offerings. So engagement versus satisfaction, that's a big one to think about, not only in customers, but also when you're looking at your staff. Because you wanna not only have your customers engaged, but you also wanna have your team engaged. So how do you measure those things? You know, it could be bringing in um, different tools that you learn about. I mean, there's a lot of different ways you could do it. You could be bringing in other companies to take a look, interview. Um, we talked about you know surveys, surveying the staff, finding out, surveying your guests, finding out. So you can survey both. You have internal surveys and external surveys to get feedback and find out how people are, how they're interacting with your product is one thing, but are they engaged with your company? I know during the you know coronavirus, during, while we've been gone, that's been a big challenge for uh, me as a leader to think about keeping our guests informed and engaged as to what's going on, keeping our staff informed and engaged as to what's going on. So you're always gonna have those two internal and external kind of guests or customers or clients or however you wanna classify them, but you're always gonna have those two different parts um, and your job is gonna to be to engage. So here's the uh, living the gold standard for the build a business focus on others. Uh, we're gonna get into, so in the end, all business is personal, key point. Next one, great leaders take the time to ask. They repeatedly inquire, listen, and then act. Next one, monitor internal productivity against your own company's best practices. Then track other businesses, both inside and outside of your industry, to see new and significant opportunities for improvement. Next one, world-class organizations establish unyielding quality standards. Being examined by a third-party evaluator is an effective way to find and fix recurrent problems. Next one, an engaged workforce personally invests in success and business growth while creating an engaged clientele. Next one, Ritz-Carlton has increased revenues through attention to customer engagement, a stronger metric than customer satisfaction. And then the last one, encourage your employees to be involved in the planning of the work and processes that affect them. So those are the gold, living the gold standard. Key uh, tips at the end of that. Um, so we're covering, you know, this is, uh, this is all about principle three, keeping your focus on knowing it's not about you. So you're building engagement with your team, you're building engagement with your staff, um, your customers, you're building engagement from top level all the way through to 
you know, the, the last person that you just hired. So now we're going to get into principle number four. Deliver wow. Right? Isn't that the response that you want when you have a product or a service you're putting out there in the marketplace? Right? You want somebody to be like, wow, like that was amazing. Right? And that's going to be a big thing. Uh, so we're going to start here, the ultimate guest experience. What you leave behind is not what is engraved in stone monuments, but what is woven into the lives of others. And that was, how do you say this? Paris, Peric, Pericles? I think it's Pericles. P-E-R-I-C-L-E-S. Pericles? 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 That is not what you leave behind what engra is engraved in stone. Right? That's not, that's not the metric. That's not the measurement. But what's woven into the lives of others. So... And that kind of jumps off of talking about, not about just customer satisfaction, but engagement. Um, so that's a big one here. So here's, I'm gonna go over some of my notes from this chapter. So this, this part right here, there's only one first impression. We've heard that so many times before. Uh, let's, let's go to the, to the book. Service can be memorable either because it delights a customer or because it leaves the customer sorely disappointed. The importance of delivering a wow moment at a guest's first point of contact is, therefore, a primary goal emphasized by leadership because of the impact on the customers. A guest at the Ritz-Carlton St. Thomas comments, Our Ritz-Carlton trip actually started about one week before we left home. I received a call from Kenya at the resort as she wanted to confirm our travel plans and ask if we were celebrating any special occasions. It was our five-year wedding anniversary. She also asked if we had any requests like extra blankets. I did explain that I was pregnant with our first child and I would love a few extra pillows to support my back. She gave me several options such as firm, feather, down, and polyfill. I didn't know there were so many. Kenya also gave me the option of a full-size body pillow. For those who have never been pregnant, it is hard to describe how wonderful body pillows are. Clearly, if I could have found any way to transport mine from home, I would have. I was already impressed, and I hadn't even left home yet. Not only did Kenya confirm that the body pillow was in the room at the time of their arrival, but she also extended the warmth of the guest welcome beyond that telephone call. The guest goes on to share. On our first night, we returned to our room to find chocolate-covered strawberries, an ice bucket with a bottle of champagne, and a congratulatory note from the hotel manager. Our bed had roses on it, and it was sprinkled with rose petals. We thought, what a nice touch. Then my husband removed the bottle of champagne from the ice, and it turned out to be sparkling cider. Obviously, they noted my pregnancy and made adjustments to their anniversary gifts for us. We were very impressed with that attention to detail. Taking the time to make a strong first impression, genuinely, genuinely inquiring about a guest's needs, delivering on those needs, and mastering subtle details all play a role in differentiating between acceptable and memorable service. From the onset, these actions stand out to guests by communicating that they are appreciated and valued. So 
how about that for a first impression? <clears throat> you know, and that's one of the things as I was reading this, you know, the very first time, you know, thinking about how are you going to be able to take your um, your guest experience, that first impression, the first time that they encounter you, the first time that they come into your world, they come into your business. If you're a hairstylist, a barber, they sit into your chair. If you're a school, you know, Paul Mitchell schools do a great job at it. When you come there for the first time and you take that tour, creating that wow experience. You know, how could we do that? No matter if you're a huge business, small business, what type of industry you're in, if you have a guest, a customer, a client, or whatever you want to call it, how can you take, I mean, just some of that, like noting from that phone call to that first encounter, and there's tons and tons of stories like that in this book about just creating that experience where the person's coming you know, back again and again and again and again because that first encounter was just, I mean, it was just unbelievable. <clears throat> so thinking about how can you create a an experience that not only takes into consideration their needs and wants but also any other special considerations that you know you know in our company we've captured things like you know beverages what kind of beverages do people like what kind of music do people like so we can get like a general feel like we don't have a private you know a separate playlist for everybody at every station uh, we could do that essentially but we can collect that information and try to create a uh, generate if there's any patterns or themes in the music to generate a playlist that kind of suits the overall ambiance for everybody that comes in the salon beverages you know knowing like collecting data it's all about the data right you know that's why amazon got so big and so successful is collecting data so what kind of beverages do people like if you notice everybody that's coming in if you're asking that question when they first check in and they have you know something that they're filling out music beverages um you know, it could be colors, could be foods, could be snacks, could be all this information that you can collect so you can generate what would be your and your business, your own type of algorithm that's going to be suitable. Uh, but knowing that, having that personal information, taking notes, those kinds of things when it comes to first impression and creating the ultimate guest experience, those type types of things are going to go uh, a long, long way. So here's a little uh, story. Attention is a multi-sensory activity. So think about this. Multi, right? Multi-sensory. So you're not hitting just sight. You're hitting sound. You're hitting taste. You're hitting visual. You're hitting all of these things. To get the details right, staff must be encouraged to put themselves in the situation of others, paying attention to their practical needs. They must emphasize with the guest's emotional perspective by utilizing all of their senses, especially sight and sound, to pick up on guest preferences. Micah Dean, who works as an attendant server and departmental trainer at the Ritz-Carlton Atlanta admits, I try to actively listen when I'm not being spoken to. Sometimes I hear people talk to each other just in passing while I am doing something for another guest. For example, I could be taking something to one guest and overhear another guest say, oh, that looks good. In that case, I wouldn't wait for the person who made the comment to ask for the item. The next time the person would see me, I would have the, that item just for him or her. Or you may know, for instance, that somebody loves our chocolate covered strawberries 
but he or she is going to dinner at eight o'clock and won't be back until after the lounge closes at 10. So I would put some of those strawberries in the guest room along with the type of wine he or she was drinking earlier that night. Micah's comments reflect the importance of looking for opportunities to serve others even when you are not in direct interaction with those needing service. Rather than defining the customer as the person directly in view, service professionals scan the environment for opportunities to cater to those on the periphery and those not necessarily asking for service. Micah notes, anticipating your guest needs is a simple, almost artistic skill, one in which you listen and observe the guest's habits while taking a genuine interest in their well-being, whether that interest is directed to their family, their life, or what they did when they were at this property or even off property. Like that's next level right there, right? So Micah, what is Micah doing? And what could you be doing? Scanning the environment. You know, not just if you're in a you know business or you're working in a business and you have like the the person yes in front of you, but while you're moving about the business, you could also be scanning the environment, looking for other opportunities to serve people, anticipating people's needs, not waiting for them to ask, not waiting for them to say, hey, can I try that? Hey, can I have that? But you're anticipating what their next maybe want is, what their need is, even expressed and unexpressed. They may not even have said anything about trying that, but you could also be looking at that. Um, so we're gonna now take a look at the gold standard. So live in the gold standard. So first one, something as simple as a bottle of water can provide a long lasting memory. If it's handed to a thirsty person who isn't expecting it. Next one, wow starts with a commitment to a culture of extraordinary service. Ingenuity brings it to life. Next, while it is easy to deliver, a warm welcome is rare enough to stand out in the minds of customers. Next, continually or continuity, I'm sorry, continuity of care, active team communication, and personalized attention driven lifelong repeat business from devoted clients. Next, Artful attentiveness without intrusion will allow you to infer the needs of your clients the way devoted parents can pick up on preferences that surprise and delight their children. Next, the more expediently a problem is resolved, the more quickly it is forgotten. That's a good one. Next, whether or not a business is responsible for issues and mistakes, a customer is most likely to remember who took the initiative to fix them. And next, breakdowns will occur despite the best intentions to provide flawless service. Empathy, quick attention, and a willingness to go beyond the resolution will salvage a bad situation and turn it into a winning one. You know, and that's about being a problem solver. Inevitably, guys, there's always going to be uh, problems that are going to come up in your business. There's always going to be situations that are going to arise. You want to handle them? as best you can, as quickly as you can. Um, I've done great sometimes at that and sometimes I haven't done great, you know, as, a, as a, you know, a member of my team and a leader in my organization. You're gonna find the same way. You're not, sometimes you're gonna surprise and delight and you're gonna over, you know, go over the, the top for everybody and you're gonna try to do that for everybody but sometimes you'll miss the mark. So you try to, 
you know, handle those situations as they come up, handle them as quickly as possible um, to try and keep that experience going beyond just that first interaction. Um, really, again, think about that. The experience starts before the first interaction, not when the first interaction occurs. And then it goes a lot further than the first interaction. It keeps on going and going and going. And so that was principle four. This is all about delivering wow, the ultimate uh, guest experience. The last principle we're gonna go over um, is leaving a lasting footprint. And so that's gonna be leaving a lasting footprint. Let's see here, sure, right chapter. So what is your uh, business gonna leave behind in the minds of the guest, in the minds of the customer, in the minds of the client? So the first part of this is aspire, achieve, and teach. Aspire, achieve, and teach. Do not go where the path may lead. Some of you guys know this one. Do not go where the path may lead. Go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Who said that? Some of you guys know who that is. Ralph Waldo Emerson. That's, a, that's one you'll write down, you'll remember that. So do not go where the path may lead, go instead where there is no path and leave a trail. Ralph Waldo Emerson. So in the competitive world of business today, corporate leaders are looking for opportunities to maintain the relevance and sustainability of their established brands. One key strategy for achieving this outcome is to broaden product offerings to meet evolving needs of their customers. Writing in Circulation Management Magazine, marketing researcher Catherine Fry Ramsdell advises, based on customers' perception and knowledge of your brand, there are certain types of products that they would expect you to sell. These are products that fit well with your brand, products that are natural extensions of the expertise or information you already provide. Likewise, there are many products that they want and need, but for various reasons don't expect to get or don't want to get from your brand. As suggested by Catherine, in order to understand the acceptability of a brand extension, companies have to gauge the perception of their customers about new possibilities. Bob Phillips, Senior Vice President of Business Development for Ritz-Carlton Club says, we are Ritz-Carlton started brand, we at Ritz-Carlton started brand extension work by first talking to loyalists. We sampled business travelers, leisure guests, and those who have used the hotels for business meetings or significant life events such as weddings. We wanted to understand what our offerings meant to them. Since leadership believed that the core competencies of Ritz-Carlton were linked to service excellence, and the creation of high-quality hospitality experiences, customers were asked about possible real estate ventures associated with leisure travel. According to Bob, as we went through our research process, we found very deep emotional reactions emerging from the hotel customer. For many, Ritz-Carlton was such an important part of their lives that they eagerly wanted to reconnect with the company whenever possible. For example, 
They looked forward to scheduling future business meetings or vacations at the hotel properties. In essence, we were hearing that many of our guests wanted Ritz-Carlton to play an even bigger part in their lives. This let us know clearly that our ideas for fractional ownership or full ownership ventures would be well received. Given this customer data, the Ritz-Carlton Club concept was launched in 1999, representing an expansion of the Ritz-Carlton brand from a hotel resort company into an exclusive luxury tier deeded fractional ownership real estate management firm. The the Ritz-Carlton Club merged the company's personalized hotel services with the exclusive benefits of vacation property ownership. Additionally, club owners are provided the option to vacation at other club locations. So now, as you're kind of hearing this, this is a, I mean, you could say this is kind of like a major pivot. It's not a departure from the core brand. It's not a departure at all, but it is becoming like a a different kind of morph. Now, this doesn't happen in, you know, day one, week one, year one. This happens over time. Um, this happens as you're looking at your company, you're looking at your business, you're looking at your, your guests that are coming in the door. And so they decide that they want to turn into fractional ownership. Some people that love the brand and want to be a part of it so much, they want to own part of the brand and own part of the clubs and own part of the resorts. So that was a big pivot that they did. Um, So they launched that. So it's the Ritz-Carlton club concept where people can then own, you know, a piece. So this is, you know, how your brand as you start to think about, you know, taking your brand to another level, taking your offerings to another level, taking your service to another level. Um, These are different things that the Ritz-Carlton did. Um, So continuing on, so Ritz-Carlton also extended its brand and the overall reputation of the company in its response to internal and external training needs. Leadership developed two training arms, the Global Learning Center, which is internally focused, and the Leadership Center, which is externally directed. Both educational entities exemplify how the strength of the company can be leveraged to make a meaningful difference both in the lives of its own staff and more broadly in the lives of individuals and other businesses. The Global Learning Center and the Leadership Center emerged primarily from the company's pursuit of quality excellence. So another arm, so now you're talking about getting into educating not only for your internal, right, your team, but also educating. And I've seen, I know for us, we've started um, doing training and we started different taking different approaches with training, um, expanding beyond just, you know, training our staff, but into training other, you know, companies, training other people's staff. We have the Business of Beauty Academy that's on the horizon that we're building um, from in salon to online education. So as you start to develop your brand, these are things you could think about um, if you have expertise in certain areas and you've had, you know, certain successes in, in certain areas, you know, whether it be leadership training, I know some of our, you know, fellow salons have done different things like that, started academies. Um, some school owners I know have started different academies and different uh, training, you know, from even like as I'm writing books, you know, to teach different subject matters. All of those things can be part of, you know, creating that lasting footprint 
and leaving that you know that kind of legacy now I'm only 10 years in the game so I've got a long way to go but these are some of the things that I'm thinking about and that Ritz Carlton did um, that's really kept them really in the game and relevant for over 100 plus years um, so here's living the gold standard tips so truly engaged clients are anxious to experience expanded product and service lines from the businesses they trust and respect great brand extensions emerge from the core competencies of a company sharing knowledge is often more a strength than a liability in the collaborative world of business taking service beyond necessary business transactions making it a part of your culture ingrained in your organization's dna <clears throat> businesses too focused on the bottom line will create a legacy only for their investors great businesses focus on their people customers and communities as well and the last one steer the strengths of your organization into avenues that add value in the lives of the clients you serve um, and then this last part here sustainability and stewardship we got a quote from William James, the great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. The great use of life is to spend it for something that will outlast it. The true test of an organization's success and the significance of its leadership extend well beyond wow stories, current economic performance, or even offering products that address the immediate preferences of consumers. Increasingly, businesses are judged for the lasting nature of the footprint they leave on individuals, communities, and other businesses. Myopic companies focus on short-term profitability instead of ecological sustainability, or they prior prioritize advertising efforts to train and grow their people. The Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company was founded on a different set of values. The company's mission statement since its inception included the idea that Ritz-Carlton will be known as a positive, supportive member of the community and will be sensitive to the environment. Early visionary and former president Horst Scholz explains the rationale for including this philosophy early on in the company's development. A business is only as great as its focus. If you focus narrowly on the bottom line, you leave a legacy only for your investors. Great businesses grow their people, their communities, their customer base, and their profitability. From the day we opened our doors at Ritz-Carlton, all we wanted to be was a truly great company. In essence, modern assessments of business can be scrutinized from the context of the Gallup CE survey of customer engagement. As you will recall, Gallup seeks to determine whether individual customers are emotionally engaged with a company like Ritz-Carlton by asking if they would endorse the statement, I can't imagine a world without Ritz-Carlton. When it comes to building a lasting legacy as a member of a community, it would be hoped that customers, fellow business leaders, and nonprofit groups might offer their sense of community engagement with a statement like, this community and the world at large are strongly benefited because of a company like Ritz-Carlton. 
Leadership at Ritz-Carlton seeks to affect its community at multiple levels, including efforts to assist others financially, share leadership ideas, and provide training opportunities. So as you're thinking about your company, guys, as you're thinking about your lasting footprint, your legacy, as you're thinking about where you're gonna be going with your company, keep in mind some of those principles that Ritz-Carlton from day one started with, knowing they wanted to be members of that community, they wanted to be have positive effect at multiple levels from learning to helping people out to creating these lasting memories. Um, think about some of those lessons and keep in mind, you know, as we finish up this brand study, uh, that it wasn't easy. You know, and you heard about some of those early uh, missteps. You heard about some of those early challenges that Ritz-Carlton, the company, had to deal with. You know, from, from dealing with the Great Depression, from financial ups and huge financial downs, from, you know, trying to go into different areas and things just not working out. But over 100 years, their core still remained their core. Um, so that's the new gold standard by Joseph Michelli. That was our brand study over the Ritz-Carlton. Um, I would highly recommend, you know, grabbing this book, getting a copy of this book, reading this book, putting it into your learning library, making it become a staple because there are so many valuable lessons. I mean, these five principles, right? Principle one, define and refine. Principle two, empower through trust. Principle three, it's not about you. Principle four, delivering wow. Principle five, leaving a lasting footprint. So those principles are definitely gonna help with your leadership ability, definitely gonna help with creating that legendary customer experience. And there's so many lessons in there. So I hope you guys enjoyed um, this week as we went through the Ritz-Carlton brand, as we went through the Ritz-Carlton Hotel Company, the brand study. Um, taking some of these principles from the New Gold Standard by Joseph Michelli. Again, I mean, incredible author, so many awesome companies that he's written about. And so I hope you guys enjoyed Storytime this week. Uh, next week, we're gonna be going into a different brand. We're gonna, I'm gonna be grabbing another book from the library and we're gonna switch our gears, switch our focus onto another great company um, that we can learn a lot from and I'll be taking you through some of the highlights and giving you some of the insights um, and my takeaways as I was reading through, as I read through uh, passages from the book. So thank you guys again for tuning in this morning to Storytime. Uh, thank you for being here. Thanks for listening. If you're on the podcast, if you're on the Twitter live broadcast, if you're on the Instagram watching, if you're on Facebook page one, Facebook page two, Facebook page three, wherever you're watching, listening from, I just wanna thank you guys. It's been an awesome week. Um, had a lot of fun going over the Ritz-Carlton, and uh, we'll be back Monday morning. And then last thing I want to leave you guys with, tonight is the night. If you're ready for some fun, if you're ready for some entertainment in the arts, then you want to tune in. We're going to be here tonight at 6 p.m. we start Eastern Time, Corona Palooza. It's an online festival unlike, unlike any other. We're going to have lots of different artists in the lineup music, performing, we've got hair, we've got music, we've got sight, we've got sound. So if you guys wanna tune in, the festival's gonna kick off at 6 p.m. 
and I'm going to be putting out a uh, got an artist meeting here coming up, uh, but I'm going to be putting out an artist artist lineup so you can stay tuned. It'll be streaming on our um, all of our Facebook pages. We'll have it also on our, uh, Connect the Globe. I'm sorry, Alert the Globe, AlertTheGlobe.com. It'll be streaming on there as well. Um, we'll have you know Instagram lives going on throughout the night. Got a really cool list of different artists that are um, going to be performing tonight, so I'm excited for that. So tune in at 6 p.m. tonight for Corona Palooza. It's an artist unity. It's about bringing our artists together, connecting with fans. Something we haven't been able to do since the coronavirus came in. We've all been kind of detached and socially distanced from our fans, um, but as things are starting to open up, I wanted to just give artists an opportunity to reconnect. You know, to take a stage. You know, I was talking with my team yesterday about how spring and summer. You know, what do you do? You go to festivals. You go to concerts. There's a lot of those things that are been canceled or postponed. So I wanted to bring together something we could do online to celebrate artists, connect with fans, new fans, existing fans that you know they're going to come and watch. But it's going to be entertaining. We're going to have a lot of fun tonight. 6 p.m. We're going to go. We're going to kick it off. Um, so you can tune in on any of the channels, uh, spread the word, look for Corona Palooza to be popping up in your feed, look for Corona Palooza to be popping up um, in my story if you're on Instagram, wherever you're at, uh, tune in. You can go to Corona Palooza, um, signup.com if you're looking for details on, on the event. Uh, we'll have it streaming on all the different Facebook pages, Instagram, and also on the website. So be on the lookout throughout the day, but it's tonight, 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 Corona Palooza Online Festival. So just wanna remind you guys of that. Hope you guys will tune in and uh, be inspired by some of these amazing artists that we're gonna have joining us tonight. Um, so that's all I got for this morning. I'm gonna wish you guys a great day, great rest of your day. I'm gonna start getting prepped for this concert, this festival that's going down tonight, and I look forward to seeing you guys there. So we'll be talking to you guys real soon. Thanks again for tuning in to Storytime and uh, have a great rest of your morning. Hey guys, Sunny D here again. I hope you guys enjoyed that episode, part five. Um, hopefully you got inspired. I mean, there were so many cool things that you know the Ritz-Carlton company did. Even back in the day, I mean, a hundred plus years not knowing that they were gonna be you know, around that long, I'm sure, hoping, everybody does when you start out you know, a company or you start an idea, you hope it lasts forever. But so many things that they did and so many things that they continue to do. I'm excited to see this next, you know, chapter in their company's, you know, future and see what kind of things they'll do and how they're going to navigate. So I'm going to be tuning in. I'm going to get caught up to speed and seeing what they're doing currently to navigate in this new Corona economy. So I invite you to do the same. We'll be back next week.
For some more story time, we're gonna be switching to a different brand study and we'll be taking some best practices and hopefully learning a whole lot and getting inspired from another great iconic company. So thanks again for tuning in. Be back here uh, Monday morning for any past episodes. If you guys want to take the show on the go, just go to yfyipodcast.com. You can check out all of the past episodes, future episodes. They'll all be there. Uh, maybe you can join us live for story time Monday morning at 9 a.m. That would be awesome. And last but not least, Corona Palooza's tonight. So hopefully you guys can tune in live for that. Uh, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening to the YFY podcast. And remember, this is the place you come to learn how to build your business right once or else you will be doomed to have to build it again. Thanks for listening. I'll talk to you soon.